I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Hello and welcome to Podcast Like It's 1999, the podcast where we talk about the films of 1999 from a recycling plant here in 2022. <laughs> I'm one of your hosts, Kenny Nybart. And I'm Phyllis Gove. And with us today is Emma Fraser. Nice to have you, I believe. Back. Actually, yes. well, yeah. no, did that episode air yet? Uh, the Rolling Stone one did, but our oh, premiere, okay. premiere magazine episode will be, okay, will be nice probably... Okay, it's nice to have you back. <laughs> it's <laughs> nice to be back. <laughs> For moving pictures this time. For move, yeah, moving yes. things this time, rather than, than, uh, than static. Stills. Yeah. I, um, so, Emma, did you know this movie existed? No. Well, actually, okay. no, I, f- I feel like I'd heard of it. Like, when, when I saw the list, I was kind of like, oh, that sounds familiar, but... I kind of I googled it and I was like, oh okay, like that had no idea about anything to do with this film at all. Yeah, I mean, I don't know about you, Kenny. I mean, I know that that this got a very brief theatrical release. This was a mostly straight to video movie, um, and I, as we mentioned on our Mansfield Park episode, which we recorded earlier today, um, we talked a little bit about straight to video and what that meant in the 90s and uh and what it kind of means today today it's just streaming but um this movie really has all the hallmarks of a straight to video release would you not agree kenny yes i would agree (laughs) uh Uh. (laughs) are you looking for something kenny (laughs) 
No, I'm, I, I am looking to see. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to its Wikipedia is what oh, I'm trying yeah. to do. It got like not the that briefest I of releases. Not that I don't believe you, Phil, but yes. uh, it, it did only make 27000 in the yes. theaters. Oh, so, wow. Yeah. Uh, it, I it mean, not... this sounds like a, it got like a weekend, maybe. <laughs> it sounds like it got like a screen. Yeah. Um, and, it, you know, I don't even honestly, I don't even know if it has a Wikipedia page. It, it does. does. It's very brief. It does. It's very brief. It, I, oh no, I, I've I, been there. You're right. You're right. Yeah. I've been there. It's, but uh, but yeah, it's you know, <laughs> I think that you know, uh, starting from the end. Yes. 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 This is why I love it. Like I loved this movie, and and I love I I, I love it because it's it's a it's the to me like not the best version, but but one right. of the best versions of this like long tail of the early 90s independent crime thriller that yeah. turned into these dirty yeah. uh direct the, the, these dirty direct to dvd or direct to video or kind of these like you know hold your breath and cross your fingers like maybe like you know this will become a pulp fictiony thing but yeah. it's just it it because you know my expectations for it were are so low, and because it had almost no impact in the real world, <laughs> the troubling aspects of it mean nothing to me. Correct. And the the wild thing esque like yeah. fuck it of it all was so great, and I truly loved the experience of watching this stupid well, you, ass movie. You texted me beforehand, <laughs> and you were like. I don't remember what your text was specifically, but you're like, I don't want to sweat. Like, I'm not going to point you in one direction or another. Go into this expecting nothing, and you will be pleasantly surprised. And and I would agree. I went into it expecting nothing. This is a movie that, um, you know, that Reese Witherspoon did. Sort of shot this clearly before Election and Cruel, and intentions. cruel intentions. She she also had another straight to video movie called runaway or or something well, like that or highway or something like there were a couple freeway. movies freeway is called? freeway free. Free. Yeah. freeway yeah. is a real movie that right. people know about okay and she also had done things like uh fear the other one yeah well fear is before the fear was Fear's yeah. before, before this, this. Yeah. she had this kind of like wasn't fear like that was kind of the movie that i feel like people noticed her kind of first yes. am I crazy? Yeah. she was doing these yeah. kind of dirty things before yes. like this, yes. this yes. southern girl Sc- dirty scummy thing. kind of yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> i mean i i you know please excuse the term but it was this and they this movie is very much this too it was this jailbait idea right. yes, her yes, 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 yes. Before yes. she broke out in election and cruel attention. Well, and she's also and she's in Twilight, which is a movie, not the Twilight, obviously. Uh, she's in another movie. It was one of her first roles. It's like Paul Newman, Susan Sarandon, Gene Hackman. It's kind of, I think it's I think it's wow. 97, 98, maybe. It's a movie that doesn't really exist, it's a Robert Benton movie. And she is very young in it. And if I'm not mistaken, <coughs> I think it's Gene Hackman or Paul Newman. One of them is with her in that movie, and it is not okay. Um, with her? Oh, with her. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Wow. Um, forgive me if, if I'm remembering this film incorrectly, but I I just wanted to underline what you're talking about, Kenny, which is that she uh, she looked very young for, for quite some time, and there was which this... a big w- plot point in this movie. Yes, I mean, I she was 23. Right. But... But she looks very young. I mean, I, I, she she kind of. I mean, truthfully, she looked pretty young until like 
legally blonde? I mean, I'm, I'm trying to I'm trying to think of like what sort of when she graduated to an adult in our eyes, uh, in the movie, you know, uh, community's eyes. But but to your point, Kenny, yeah, this it, was it, very it, much we, in that pocket. This yeah. happens sometimes where it, it, it where an actor one year is playing high school students, which she does. <laughs> Yeah. in uh, election and, and cruel intention. And two years later, she's playing a grad student, a law student. So she aged, you know, five years uh, in two years. I mean, the, the one, the ones that always jump out to me is like the breakfast club, St. Elmo's crew where on sure, one sure. hand they're high school kids. And then like the same year they're playing college grads, yeah, but yeah. you know, I, and then like five years later, women are, mo- are playing mothers in, uh, <laughs> right. in Hollywood. So there's that too. Yeah. It's, it's, it's very interesting. I, I mean, We've we've talked Reese twice now. Um, we we talked about her in in Cruel Intentions, and we talked about her in Election. Um, but I think that this is a, a different corridor for her, right? Like this was sort of because, like, I would I would argue that that ninety nine is when she sort of is the beginning of her ascension, right? Would you agree, yeah. Kenny? That like that that's sort of between cruel intentions and election and and yeah and you can yeah. throw you can throw 98's pleasantville in there as well sure 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 that was kind of this like we're yeah. gonna take this uh essentially a b-movie actress mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and see how far we can take her and oh you yeah. took her all the way to you know biggest actress in hollywood so nice job <laughs> right exactly <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it, it's it's so emma i'm curious reese for you I mean, you're around. I, I believe that we're all around the same age. Um, so same vintage, same vintage, <laughs> sure. Um, Reese is around our age, right? So, like, we're watching her. Kind of, we're growing up with her. If there, if the, you know, that's one way of putting it. What was it like for you? I mean, obviously, you're in England at the time. Yes. Um, <laughs> did she cross over? Was she, you know, a thing there as well? Yeah, I would say so. Like, especially being a teenager, like, obviously, Cruel Intentions was massive. Sure. And, sure. like, I, I guess that was probably the first thing I saw her in. Like, I I've, I, I watched Pleasantville around the time it came out. I think I probably watched that on video. Sure. Um, but Cruel Intentions, I definitely saw at the cinema. Um, but, yeah, she was, I'd say she was a pretty big deal. And then, obviously, she did, like, guest start on Friends, like, that being right. the biggest show at the time. Um, was she Rachel's sister? Am I, yes. am I remembering that? Two. Yes. One of two. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, she never came back, though, which is weird, because obviously now the morning show <laughs> together. Yeah. It's a reunion. Um, the morning show is a Friends reunion. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, I, I, I liked her. I, I, I mean, that whole kind of group um, with, like, Sarah Michelle Gellar and everyone, it was kind yeah. of, like, those were the people you wanted to see, I think. It also had, we talked about this on our Cruel Intentions episode, which feels like literally a million years ago now. Time is crazy. It was four years ago now. It's crazy. (laughs) Um, But we talked a little bit about the soundtrack, which had a fair amount of Britpop infused into it a little bit as well. So I feel like I wonder if that also might have been a thing for you, I'm assuming. Yes. Yeah. I That that soundtrack is burned into my brain. Like, <laughs> I, I, had, I have it on CD somewhere. Um, mm-hmm. I still listen to it quite often because it's, yeah, it is full of bangers. So. It's, it's really great. She, so this movie, I, I feel like the reason that I thought it was worth talking about outside of the fact that we're going to talk about every movie that comes out in 1999, but this does speak to sort of the pre-famous Reese because I feel like Cruel Intentions and Election are both when she's 
you know, she's become Reese Witherspoon for all intents and purposes. And I, and I do kind of wonder, and I wonder what you think about this, Kenny, what it was about her outside of her being very attractive, but like why Hollywood picked her, right? Like there's, this happens relatively frequently where like Hollywood decides we are going to try to make this person a thing. And sometimes it works and sometimes it's Gretchen Maul. Um, You know what I mean? Like poor Gretchen Maul, who's a, a great actress, but I just kind of, I'm trying to sort of figure out what the secret sauce is about Reese. She is shockingly versatile. Right. If you think about, like, that's the thing that, that, that made her kind of a, 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 a brand up unto herself. And almost like, I, I, I hesitate to say this because it's not exactly perfect, but almost like an right. American uh, Meryl Streep. Right. Like, is, is that if you look at these movies, yes, she does these, these kind of grimy movies, Freeway mm-hmm. and Fear and, and, and this film. But uh, Election is, you know, is, is, is one of one. There's nothing like that. And there's nothing there's like nothing that like performance. It, yeah. It's funny without being silly. It's, fun. it's not over the top. I mean, it's, she plays it completely straight, but it's also, you know, hilarious. And then that same year, she does like kind of the sexy innocent. And uh, those are two different lanes. And then two years later, fucking massive star vehicle that relies yeah. entirely on her charisma. Um, and then, you know, she wins the Oscar for a period piece where she sings. So yep. she is yep. so versatile. Like just such a versatile actress, and subtly that, so, like not not yeah, in your face about it either. Yeah, know, yeah. like if Reese had won an Oscar, I don't think people would even be thinking like it's time to reward Reese with an Oscar because she's yeah. more movie star than actress. But I don't mean that, you know. For, I don't mean that, you know, derogatorily. I mean that like being a movie star to me is as hard as being yep. an actress. It's like being a movie star is a very difficult task <laughs> and she pulls it all with a plum. Yeah. Um, that plus the fact that like, she is almost Dolly Parton-esque in her like, yeah. the South loves her, the Northeast <laughs> loves her. She went to Stanford. She's a yeah. businesswoman. She's a mom. She's like a blonde, but she doesn't seem unapproachable. She lampoons the idea of herself in uh, mm-hmm. some things and Big Little Lies is like very self-aware. And she's just like, she just kind of is a step or two ahead of us. I agree. Um, I, yeah, I think she's yeah. she's not my favorite. She's not one of yeah. these people that like I fall over for like other people, but I recognize that she is, you know, one of a kind. Um, I also feel like, and then I want to hear what you think, Emma, but I, I also think that um, she has made bad choices too, right? Like she's not one yeah. of those, and I don't mean that in a, in a shitty way. I just mean like, when you look at the the Meryl Streep's, the Julia Roberts, the Sandra Bullock's, the what have you, right? Like they all have missteps. They all kind of get into a project that maybe they shouldn't have, or they get over their skis or whatever the case might be. And I appreciate that about them. It's what makes them feel that much more real as well, right? Like it's just not, not everything they do is perfect. Um, and and I, I think that there's something very kind of relatable about her in that way too. Um, I also just think that, and you kind of said it best, Kenny, that like, she isn't showy. You know what I mean? She's not sort of in your face about what she does. But I will say that Wild, which I think is a, a, a pretty underrated movie, all things considered. I know she got an Oscar nomination for it. She's amazing in that film. And you can see that that film is, is really pushing her. And, and it's, it's 
I don't know. It's a really raw, really good performance from yeah. her. I was going to bring up why I'm not to, yeah, please, yeah, not yeah. to overtake that. I was going to bring up Wild too because uh, she produced that. That is, you know, that is a, a foundational movie for yeah. uh, Hello Sunshine. Um, and it doesn't even feel like Oscar chasing. Yeah, it no. feels like a very, like, a, like, that's the thing I like about her is every movie she makes in some way feels like a movie she has to make. Like she yeah. is drawn to it. At, and we know the actresses we're talking about <laughs> without talking about them, who they feel like, all right, is this going to get me the Oscar? Yeah. Is this yeah. going to, might be someone who might get an Oscar this year. Who knows? <laughs> so <laughs> um, I think that, you know, yeah. we, well, you know, to some extent, like Sandra Bullock, like, Sandra, I mean, I, I honestly, I started that sentence thinking she won for gravity. I'm sorry. I retract. <laughs> but, but I do think, I think the reason you, you say that is true. I think that Wild is kind of Reese's gravity. Yeah, like I, do, I do. You know what I mean? And, like and, I, and, yeah. and, they, and it came after an Oscar win. Yeah. You know, it's right, like right, Matt right. Damon said, which is like winning an Oscar at 27 took all the pressure off him. He's like, he's like, I no longer have to be in this game. I've been there and guess what? It's not that great. And now I don't have to worry about like, you know, working for an Oscar and Damon makes interesting choices all the time. And I don't think he ever chases an Oscar anymore. Mm -hmm. So I, I also just, um, you know, you, you, you bring up sort of the, the, the Oscar chasingness, the, the Reese kind of getting into the producing game relatively early. She has this hugely successful company now. Hello sunshine. Um, we talked about this a little bit. I am, I don't know which one we talked about it on, but Reese buys the book rights to gone girl in the hopes of playing Amy Dunn would have killed it. I yeah. think she would have. Right. Oh, yeah. it's like, it's, it's like, I understand why Fincher goes with a quote unquote, no name in the sense of someone that doesn't have the baggage, but I think her Amy Dunn would have been fucking right. Rosamund Pike was obviously. <laughs> yeah unbelievable she was, she was and amazing. the yeah. fucking best but the only <laughs> other person i want to see in that role is reese like reese would have been just i think that would have been a i don't want to say a game changer but it really would have broken people's brains about what they think of reese witherspoon which is why i think it would have been so fucking awesome but i get why they did what they did but anyway so emma for you reese witherspoon yes do you feel like you know I guess just sort of what are your thoughts on her as, as an actor and, and what works for you about her and what perhaps doesn't? Well, I'm glad you brought Wild up because for me, that's a personal favorite. I think the movie should have got nominated and yeah. it felt like one of those ones because it was like a woman-led film. You know, it wasn't based on, it wasn't a biopic. Um, it kind of got like missed out because it didn't have the trappings of other Oscar movies. And I think Jean-Marc Vallée, the, the things he did with her and obviously it's yeah. gutting that he died at the end of last yeah. year um because he really did draw out some incredible yes. performances from her and obviously mm-hmm. laura, laura dunn and nicole kidman as well mm-hmm. um so yeah for me reese I've, I've always liked her work um again she's not someone who i would ever say she's my favorite actress um sure. but but she's always someone that when i see it like when you sent me the list of films i was like that's got reese witherspoon in i want to talk about her <laughs> yeah, because exactly. she does yeah. make interesting choices and totally. i do love that she you know, she wasn't getting the script she wanted. She was getting kind of parts that given mm-hmm. to her that were kind of just not that fulfilling. So she then did this kind of book route, which has obviously proved to be 
hugely yes. successful and it's a good thing she has i just wish she'd lay off the nft talk at the moment like <laughs> yeah i don't get the if, nft talk at if all if we could pull away <laughs> and, and, <sighs> i i i i i don't know anything about nfts i mean either <laughs> except that uh that's a very bad way to distribute art um that, right it, yes. that's why i don't understand just buy a painting <laughs> yeah, it's, just, it's a very bad way like it, it, if art is supposed to affect the world and affect people's opinions and it, it, to sell uh one of one or one of a hundred or whatever like you're yeah. playing you're playing to the elites it's disgusting yeah. and totally. it's, it's depressing like it's you know, Phil, this is like kind of one one of my high horses is like, we're in this to play to the masses, right? We are in this to affect the masses. If you're just playing to your little art group, uh, people who are already kind of on your side and on your team, so they like you a little more cocktail parties, you have a fucking problem. But I also think the NFT thing, also feels off brand like i don't hmm. think nfts when i think reese witherspoon right like, it's I, weird I, I mean doesn't she have like a whiskey or something like that kind of makes <laughs> sense to whiskey. me <laughs> i mean i'm just i and i don't say that i don't mean that in a derogatory way i'm just like she's as you said she's very down home she feels very you know approachable i'm not sure if you went up to reese witherspoon right now and said what's an nft she could explain to you an nft well, and i don't i, I mean this is my my basic theory about NFTs in general. So I don't think anyone knows what they are really. I mean, I, they know what they are, yes, but I think yes. there are a lot. I think there are a lot of people who are just upset they didn't buy Bitcoin ten years ago, <laughs> and they're now. I mean, and I, now I, I, they're, I and they're, they're like, "Here's the new thing." Yeah, but once yeah. it, but, but once I've heard about it, it's over. Yeah. You know, that's what I'm learning. It's not cool it's like anymore. When, when yeah. it's gotten to me, like. <laughs> So like I, I already know that like yeah. I am not with it enough to make money off this stuff. Yeah, so. once the dads know, it's yes. all over, right? If the dads know it's done. <laughs> yes, and not enough dads realize that. Um, I want to give a brief synopsis to uh, best laid plans. Uh, returning to his dreary hometown as a wealthy man, Bryce, played by Josh Brolin, is unaware of his of the target his financial gain has put of, on his back. Okay. Well, oh, as a, as a wealthy, well, oh, right. Yeah. Keep going. For, uh, <laughs> on his back for schemers and crooks. When Bryce swings into a local bar, he happens to meet the seductive Lisa, played by Reese Witherspoon, and the two are at his place by the end of the night. But by morning, Lisa turns blackmailer by claiming she's underage in a panic. Bryce ties her up and tries and sorry and turns to his old friend alessandro nivola for help but deception is everywhere basically plans opened briefly on september 10th 1999 against stigmata the sixth sense stir of echoes runaway bride and bowfinger it would go on to make a whopping twenty seven thousand dollars on a seven million dollar budget but i do wonder in the days of straight to video my assumption is that this might have i don't know if it broke even but it might have got closer because those i mean those video cassettes back then are costing you a hundred bucks a pop if you've got a couple million video stores you know if you've got blockbuster buying a couple anyway you understand what i'm saying i'm not sure that this thing was a, as much of a financial disaster as it sounds but it's got 43 percent on rotten tomatoes from critics 38 from uh sorry from audiences um i'm gonna read a very brief portion of roger ebert's one star review of best laid plans 
Uh, X-rays can pass through the human body in much the same way that certain movies can pass through my mind. Hold up a photographic plate on the other side and all you would see uh, would, sorry, all you'd see would be some kidneys and a paperclip. I went to see The Usual Suspects twice and could not persuade my mind to engage with it. And Best Laid Plans is the same kind of experience. There are some double yes. reverse movies. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Totally the same fucking thing. Come know. on, Roger. Come on, man. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, okay. <laughs> So I'm right. Okay, it's just yeah, yeah, like yeah, right, usual right. suspects. Yeah, just like usual <laughs> yes, that's um, what I thought. There are some double reverse movies that work. Body Heat comes to mind. Of course he picks Body Heat. Uh, Body Heat was not an exercise. It was a conspiracy with a purpose, a motivation, and an outcome. At every moment, I cared about the characters. I believed in them, and it made a difference what they do next. I was being toyed with, but not merely being toyed with. But Best Laid Plans, directed by Mike Barker from a screenplay by Ted Griffin, in parentheses, who wrote The Much Better Ravenous, a great 99 movie. Good movie, good movie. Go listen to our Ravenous episode. I like uh, is so concerned with being a film that it forgets to be a movie. This is cutting-edge film school Sundance indie flash. Wow, this guy can manhandle a camera and he can picture the screenplay meeting. You can picture the screenplay meetings, three by five cards manipulated like jigsaw pieces to make sure all the elements join up at the end. But the conclusion of the film, the characters have been through so many changes, they need name tags and cue cards just to know who they are. And still, why we should care about them. <laughs> I don't he didn't know. Pay he, he didn't pay. He didn't pay attention, right? <laughs> I didn't was, even this think was this not. This was not fucking brain surgery, right? No. This is not that twisty a movie. I mean, it's got some <laughs> twists, every, but like, it's not that crazy. Every tw- like, it has twists, but it's like Wild Things, which I love, yes. in that the twists come in succession. So it's not particularly difficult to follow it. It's not yes. labyrinthine. You know, which is like, which can be difficult. And I think Usual Suspects is like that. And I think at the end of the movie, you do have to do some piecing together of what was real, what was not, what was half real and all that stuff. Sure. This is a fucking linear movie <laughs> that is not yeah. that fucking hard to it figure has out. One- fractured narrative portion right which which yes. happens relatively early in the film which i'm thankful they do because yes, if they don't do that then you do then i would it. be annoyed when it's yeah. when the when the pieces do fall at the end um and and just for one quick thing on the reese thing i think in this movie in particular she's able to show the different shades of this character of this woman yeah. in a way that shows just how deep this well goes but I don't know what Roger Ebert's talking about. Like, first of all, an unfair comparison, the usual suspects and, you know, Brian Singer and Kevin Spacey aside, it's a great script. At the very least, you can say it's a great Fucking script. Fucking one best, best <laughs> Yeah, one best original screenplay. But not that that means anything. But it's also it means a fucking amazing movie. Yeah. Like, yeah. it just yes. is an amazing movie. And yes, I, I, I you know, this movie, like a lot of the movies we've done, Phil, Yes. Came too late. It just came too late. Yeah. Roger Ebert has seen uh, uh, 200 movies like this at this point, and his brain is probably exhausted yeah. from this. I, on the other hand, it's a breath of fresh air in 2022. People don't make fucking <laughs> movies like this anymore. Yeah. Yeah. This, so this is I a ask, fun fucking film. I want to ask um, uh, both of you, but but Emma first, the, the, the Pulp Fiction thing that happened right where this movie lands obviously like an atomic bomb on the industry and then we get a million fucking copycats right do we think this is a pulp fiction copycat i mean it's got a little bit of that in it but it's also six years later like yeah 
I don't know. I don't know either. It kind of, I, don't, I haven't seen this other movie that I'm going to compare it to in so long, but it kind of made me think of Go. Like ah, that kind another of, 99 classic. Yeah. So yeah, so they came out the same year, but it kind yeah. of like, it felt like that. And then there was like a weirdly a boiler room like moment. There was one moment yeah. where it was like, it this kind of feels like boiler room. Like when um the guy is- The bros at that. the end. Yeah. yeah, well, yeah. it was like the, the Jeremy Bentham, like, uh, talking uh-huh. about, like, the yeah. greater good. That felt like a boiler room speech. Um, yeah. yeah, so it kind of, yeah. it felt very piecemeal of, like, lots of, like, not, I guess, films that probably had been influenced by Pulp Fiction. And then it kind of... Yeah, well, because I think the name that is really worth unpacking for a quick second is Ted Griffin. Because Ted Griffin, who wrote this, has gone on to have pretty incredible career understandably so and i do feel like before we go to ted griffin yeah please yeah i want to say more than pulp fiction yeah pulp fiction had its imitators but no one could really do pulp fiction and you can kind of name the imitators that you even know of on one hand (laughs) the other film that quentin did Mm. that had tons of imitators was reservoir dogs Yes. This is a Reservoir Dogs imitation. That's a good point. That's you know, point. and that, because that's an easy thing to wrap your head around, how to do yep. a Reservoir Dogs, have, a, you know, some really compelling characters. And in this case, you know, that that somewhat fractured narrative with that little yeah. part that's fractured, twisty, turny, who's on whose side, who's fucking over who. Like, that's something that, that to me, as a as a screenwriter who looks at screenwriting like a puzzle to be solved or a math problem to be solved reservoir dogs is kind of is the kind of movie that gets your brain going in a way that pulp fiction is a pulp fiction i think is the way that gets your director brain going you know um and a different kind of screenwriter like a different kind like a dialogue heavy screenwriter but i think that a lot of these screenwriters who made movies like this are these like you know pre-jj abrams puzzle box guys and I think that that's what this falls into. Now, I, the least successful aspects of this movie are the twists and turns and the, you know, it, it, it's, it's ultimately like very stupid and very, you know, and very deflated. And the reveal is real dumb. It's the worst. <laughs> it's awful. And the I kind of love it. <laughs> I, oh, by the it's, way, I kind of so did too, Emma. Like at the like at the end, because like, it's not like this reveal happens and then like the movie ends. This reveal happens and there's like 20 yeah, there's still like a movie. Bunch and I'm like, I'm sitting here being like, oh my God. So wait, wait, now do I hate this movie? Wait, does the movie want me to hate this movie? Like, is it, what did they do that to make fun of me for even liking this movie? Like, yeah. what is happening? So, but the, I think they kind of, I, I per, personally, I think they kind of killed their chances of being great with that ridiculous reveal and cemented their chances of being just good. But there are so many ideas that in this movie that they yep. could have landed on and played with that would have been like, that could have blown your mind by the end of it because there are some people who have some really hard choices to make. <laughs> I mean, the end... Uh... The end is, so as the end is is unfolding, and we're going to, like, who gives a shit about the keeping in uh, in chronological order? But essentially, we realize at the end that this has all been a scam by a bunch of business college students that had to pay off their tuition. It's scam season, you know, it's on theme, like... Anna Delby who, you know? Yeah, exactly. It's bizarre. I'm going to do my best to explain what happened. Yeah, please, go for it. Yeah. 
So I'd love you to. I'd I'm, love you. I'm going to gonna try to explain this plot in two minutes or less. Okay, great. If I can, in chronological order, more. Or okay. Less. Alessandro Nivola has a name. No idea what his name is. It's Nick. Al- Nick was supposed to inherit a lot of money from his father, but that didn't happen. But in, no one knows that except him. No one knows that except him and one other guy. Okay. Um, so, cause he tells the one other guy, I'm going to get this money yeah. and he goes to the lawyer and there's no money around the same time in his old hometown. He, ha- he meets this veterinary assistant, uh, Reese Witherspoon, I forgot she was a veterinary assistant who they immediately, who like, he had a car accident. His car wouldn't start. So she had to drive him home and they have a meet cute car ride home. And like, in my opinion, well, he, don't, don't he forget that the he, funeral. <laughs> He, well, the, okay, so there's a couple things that need to be unpacked. <laughs> he drives over a cat. Minutes. I know, I know. Yeah, but he drives right. over a cat, takes it to the veterinarian. Right. They, he has That's to pay to put starts. the cat down. And then he goes outside and he has a flat. And she yes. has to drive him home. Yes. So no, she takes she him to a, a funeral. It's his dad's funeral. He also has to, he also, <laughs> she also has to drop him off at a funeral, but she stays. Takes him home. They, had, they really do have this, they have this, this white-hot chemistry. They had this, like, they have this like Clarence and Alabama kind of thing going on. Right, I mean With, the D version of that, but sure, yeah, yes. I don't agree. And then they start making out immediately, uh, and they're like deeply in love at that point. Yep. Right, like deeply, yep. deeply in love, like very Clarence in Alabama that way. That right? is like that, all of that a sudden part you I, start. Yeah. All of a sudden you start feeling like okay, these two are faded to each other, and yeah. but like neither of them are like kind of you know criminals or criminals in training. They're nice, normal people. Yes. He works at a recycling plant. She is a veter- veterinarian assistant. They just so next thing that happens is he has no money, right? And yes. he needs money. His yep. buddy at the recycling plant is like, I have an easy way for us to make some money. Yep. He, there's this incredibly convoluted scheme involving Terrence Howard and some money. But basically, some gangster is going to drop off money at Terrence Howard's house Howard's for yeah. ju- just that night. Because yep. every night he moves the money, so the bad guys or the feds or God knows who don't find out where this money is. It's forty thousand dollars. All, all <laughs> Nick has to do is drive something somewhere. Their point is they're going to steal this money. Nick has to drive yep. away with it. Um, they steal the money. Yep. And, but then they get caught by the gangster, and the gangs and and Nick I think has already like spent the money or something like that. So, where do the drugs come in? It's drugs. Oh, no, it's drugs, not money. Yeah. It's okay. drugs, not money. All right. So whatever, whatever it is, one way or another, it's worth forty uh, k, though. I think it's worth forty k. Yes. But for whatever reason, the, the, the gangster's very cool about it. He's like, only give me back fifteen. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So now he has to concoct another scheme, or he'll be murdered. Like they right. show Terrence Howard getting murdered. Um. Like Terrence Howard gets murdered kind of in front of him behind a screen, but not like a, like, like a, like a, like a translucent screen screen and there's blood and it's awful. Mm -hmm. And the other guy is going to get killed too. They don't know where he is either. So he needs to find uh, $15,000 in like the next two days. So Mm -hmm. they concoct the plan to set up James Brolin, James, uh, Josh Josh Brolin, Brolin, Josh Brolin, who is Nick's friend from college who is now in a very a, not good performance it's one of his worst performances <laughs> if not his worst uh who's who's a college professor who also is kind of rich who is staying at 
He's not rich. That's why that was no, wrong. He, right, he's, a yeah. college pro- he's a college professor uh, staying at someone's house, and they know that he has this rare bill, this rare money bill. Yeah, it's like it, a rare currency of some sort. Rare like, currency. Yeah. So they're going to concoct... What? So they're going to concoct <laughs> a plan where Reese Witherspoon, who is now willing to do anything for Alessandro Nivola, is going to... So is going to uh, seduce. seduce and sleep with Bryce, Bryce, Josh Brolin, and then accuse him of rape, leaving her bag behind, which he will inevitably go through, find out she is quote unquote 16 because she is not quote unquote 16. Uh. They've made two fake IDs, one that is 16, one that is 21 to make it look like she is using a fake, which I guess is a pretty good plan um, because they, she didn't meet him in a bar and so all right so wait wait so this it's all really happens by the way unbelievable. this all happens before the events of yes, like the, like the the, the cold yeah. open correct then we get back to the cold open where nick had been called to josh brolin's house to help him with a really shitty situation and the really sh- shitty situation is this bitch as he says 400 times yeah uh accused him of rape and what am i gonna do Oh yeah. Also, I chained her to the pool table downstairs yeah. and so beat her up and hit her. Yeah. Reese Witherspoon is now beaten up, chained downstairs, and Alessandra yep. Nivola has to figure out what to do. Yeah. So they so they steal the coin, and that is all like leading up to this point. Now I hardly remember what happened at this point, except a lot of machinations and who's going to be right, who's going to be wrong, and like they they. Alessandro DeFolo pretends to kill Reese, which is pretty clever, I thought. Puts her in the back but, of the... Okay, that that's clever. He's trying, to, he's trying to get her out of there. I understand that, but I also feel like Bryce... I mean, listen, you, you, the only way this works is if Bryce is a fucking moron, which he is, so I'm not suggesting that, like... That's the but, whole point. He's fucking, but he doesn't even check moron. to see if she's dead. He, doesn't, he, just sees, he just sees him carry her out in a... I wouldn't a, check if she was dead. Uh, I would, I would run the other way. I would, okay, I would pretend this never happened. So Alessandro Lavelle is going to put her in the trunk of the car. Yes. And to your point, like he doesn't check that she's dead. What doesn't he does care. is he gets in the car. And yeah. that was like the one thing that like that, that, that no, Alexander Navolo, Alessandro Navolo didn't want. Didn't expect. He gets in the car. So now they're driving. I think he drops him off at the bar. He goes to get a bite, a bite to eat. And you're then, also forgetting the forest fire. There's a forest fire. <laughs> And then the and then something else happens, which is like he gets attacked by the gangsters who steal the car yep. with with Reese in the trunk, which is like yeah. to me just a perfect fucking yep. '90s pulp yes. crap twist. Yeah. Like I was like, oh fuck! Yeah. So at that point, so he gets Reese in the back of the car. They yeah. take her back to the hideout where they murder people. Sure. I neglected to mention that they send him a picture of the other friend who set him up. Uh, who is now murdered, and yes. Terrence Howard is murdered. They put Reese in the murder chair where they murder people. Yep. And yep, he, yep. And, oh, and well, I you... also neglected to mention that his best friend likes eating peanuts and dropping the shells and stepping yes. on them. So and, and we get both, lots of extreme close-ups of said peanut shells. Which I'm sure you loved. Yep, and right. and then uh, Al Centrino steps on the peanut shells, realizes his old buddy's still alive, realizes that they're in a room nearby kicks the door down yeah. and like the guy's just so yes yes alessandro solo and uh and terrence howard and uh and uh rocky carroll who plays a very convincing gangster and a less convincing finance student 
um, are all kind of just there being like, it's yeah, tough. We got tuition. It's, we, have, we, have, <laughs> we have debt. And like, at that point, I feel like, guys, like you are now in the situation where you have to take this seriously. But they did I just and it ends. And then and then they kind of let Reese off. And the whole movie just kind of ends at that point. They still have the Josh Brolin part of it, who eventually does figure out that Reese is still alive and kind of it just goes away. And like, you do have this feeling at the end that if this was a real movie, and I mean this sincerely, if this was a real movie that people cared about and liked, the end would be a disaster. Because he essentially let this girl get raped for him. Yeah, it's awful. But because this is a fake movie, that nobody knows. I kind of bought the end where they just kind of walked off together and like weren't necessarily in love. Well, that's I, it. I, I, I want to. Oh, Kenny's gone now. Uh, so I, I'll just say this. I. The reason I wanted to talk about Ted Griffin before we, or, or just talk about Ted Griffin in general, is he has a very specific, sort of comedic crime vibe it's it's a little bit like it's got a little elmore leonardy vibe to it of just like dangerous people that are also kind of goofy and kind of weird he had a, a you know a, a great show that a, an underwatch show called terriers which was on fx a few years ago um and this kind of feels like it could have been an episode of terriers and by that i mean the reveal that it's a bunch of guys you know trying to pay off their tuitions yeah that, that that turn in Someone else's hands, like, and obviously this goes to the same, but if Steven Soderbergh directed this movie, for instance, the end we would buy because he can do those fucking crazy hairpin turns of tone and, and you'd be like, okay, I kind of get it. But this just feels like you're, you, it's like you stepped into a different movie. The, the, the mistake that they make. All right. Th- I can think of three movies that do yeah. something like this. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. House of Games. Sure. The game. Sure. Game night. <laughs> Only movies and with game in the title. <laughs> they all they all at some point reveal that it's a game, but that someone has gotten lost in the game. Right? And we've gotten to the point where our mark can't mm-hmm. take it, can't distinguish yep. reality from the yep. game anymore because playing a game that is so closely, <clears throat> that's so closely you know, hems to reality is very, very dangerous. At the point when Alessandro Navolo found out that he was essentially the mark in a uh, elaborate silly scheme, 
you go to you pivot to real violence at that point if you're a right. serious movie right you know you pivot to real violence if you're a serious movie um and that's why this movie is not <laughs> a serious, serious movie and they yeah. and and more is just a like a fun piece of like like trivia that exists emma did you see the twist coming not that one no <laughs> <laughs> i did because like obviously like you know a gangster drinking a juice box like spouting like i said bentham philosophy seemed like just one of those like he's a quirky gangster but actually yeah. it makes sense when it the <laughs> twist is revealed but yeah no i did not see that i thought reese was gonna die from smoke inhalation um weirdly enough i kind of did too when the fire was happening, I was like, oh no, the car's going to get yes, stuck. That's what I thought. The, yeah. Yeah. And I, I thought someone was going to die. Uh, <laughs> like, I thought the fire would have a reason. Right. It has, like, and he started it, obviously accidentally, yeah. and then they just never returned to it. <laughs> it's, here's the thing, which is really funny. And this, I'm sure, has happened to you, Kenny. It's certainly happened to me many times in this podcast, where I'm watching a film, and I'm kind of going along with it. And I'm like, this is fun. And then we actually unpack it and you realize that this movie is absolute garbage. The number is just ticking down in my mind, Phil. <laughs> the exact same thing is happening. I'm like, I can't give this like, anywhere near what I thought it was. Yes. <laughs> yes, I cannot. It- I, I, I cannot and I will not, despite the truly loving it. <laughs> it was, I, I think that so much of it, and I'm, I, I don't want to project this onto you, but I'm assuming that to some degree it was the same for you too, which is like, this felt nostalgic. This felt like yeah. me watching, you know, straight to video, you know, trashy movies that existed in the 90s that were so much fun. So I was just like, this is great. We don't really make these anymore. And we actually talked a little bit about Deep Water on our Mansfield Park episode, which is another example of a thing, you know, the the, the sexy, erotic, straight-to-video kind of thing. Um, all of these just don't seem to exist anymore, which is just a bummer. Yeah. It's also the kind of movie that I would, would just rented randomly. Like, yeah. I mean, I never did rent this particular yes. one, but it was like, you'd go to Blockbuster, whatever big like was out was all sold out and you just be like oh i guess i'll just pick up this what has an actor i recognize in it like you get some gems that way obviously this is you know <laughs> hit and miss <laughs> i bet this i i really do stand by the fact and i don't know if this was one of those movies but i as i've mentioned before i worked at many video stores and this feels like the type of movie that as reese was blowing up in theaters with you know with these that this all of a sudden would become a fucking big rental yeah oh, well, it's a terrible title though um <laughs> it's a oh, can, can actually title. can i i do want to mention i can't yeah, remember please. the quote specifically but it's when um josh brolin says about how he wanted to get laid but instead laid. he's getting fucked yeah. and it was just they like said it oh. a couple of times i know oh. they, it was it was like it was awful <laughs> i i so Deep water is interesting to me. No sudden move is interesting. Yes, to me. yes, yes. Another the, good one. Yeah. The these movies, you know, quote, when we say like these movies don't get made, what I really mean is like there are probably thirty filmmakers mm-hmm. who could make whatever move they want in yeah. any genre they want on any platform they want, and not at any budget, but more or less like at the budget they need. Yeah. Um. And and Steven Soderbergh is obviously one of them. So making like the elevated, making elevated trash with, you know, knowing that this guy is a master capable of making 
anything he wants, literally, yeah. from fucking Ocean Eleven to Solaris, is like it, I gotta is, watch is, Kimmy. I still is not it's what so I'm good. It, it's like it's not what we're talking about here. Like yeah. what I yeah. What yeah, my yeah. issue, and it's not an issue. This is just fucking humanity and our business and culture and whatever. But the problem is like there is no cultural currency in a movie like this anymore. Yep. Um, for the most part. So it's really hard for young and first-time filmmakers to put their to 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 take their shot with a film like this, the way this guy, what's his name? Something Mike Barker. Mike Barker, Barker yeah. Clearly did, right? But like sometimes that works. Like I think of like Danny Boyle's movies before Train Spotting. Like, what's the one with the with the uh Shallow Grave? Shallow Grave reminded Great me a movie. lot of this movie, right? Yep, Where Danny yep, Boyle yep. is taking a shot with yep. a twisty kind of, you know, and that used to happen a lot. But now yep. we take our shots with, with you know, different kinds of movies. Like Chloe Zhao takes a shot with the rider, which is great. Right, right. But like that is cultural currency, that kind of A24 thing. Yep. So that's like, the, I just wish there was like a little more, a little more grace and generosity when it comes to different kinds of filmmakers particularly like genre filmmakers making different kind of stuff i think we'll get more interesting stuff when as budgets go up and again this is this is a this is you know phil this might fall into that noble failure category it does talk about earlier like this this isn't best of breed by a long shot but that's the reason i think that people don't make these films. If you, you miss know what's on a interesting. film, if, if you, just last thing, if you miss yeah. on an A24 film right now, mm-hmm. like you'll still get style points. If you 100%. miss on a film like this, you're yep. a joke. Mike Barker is an interest. He's a British filmmaker, by the way, which um, I was unaware of. Um, he did this film and then quite frankly, kind of pivoted pretty hard into TV, which is, I mean, obviously that's not, you know, uh, a bad thing by any stretch of the imagination, but um, he did some British TV. Uh, he's done Rogue, Outlander, Broadchurch. He did the Fargo TV series. He's did I'm done episodes of Handmaid's, Handmaid's Tale, and he's, he's Sandman. directing Sandman yeah. right now. So it's like this. It's it, and and it should be said that I, I don't want to make it seem as though this film is without any merit visually. It's very much of a piece of the '90s for sure. I mean, the costumes and the set deck are just so crazy '90s. <laughs> yeah. It's like I'm just costumes. Like it's so much brown, so much orange, autumnal colors. I was so happy. Reese's kind of kind of ugly coat. It's Penny Lane esque. I would have worn it. I would maybe still wear it. She would have been good too. Like yes. Yeah. Yeah. Kate Hudson would have been great in this role. She would have been great in this too. It's a it's a good role and she's so good in it. It's yeah. also just like the aesthetics. It's a, it's a of meaty it. role, I guess, is what I'm really getting at. Like, there's the a, there, aste- there are a lot yeah. of things to play here. For sure, for sure. Like, it's just I think that this movie really is just such a a a time capsule kind of movie, unintentionally so. But as is the case with, and I don't think we see this as much as we used to, but I do feel like maybe more specifically in the nineties maybe I'm talking out of my ass here, but I just don't feel like movies try to be as hip and zeitgeisty as they used to be. I I think that movies age better now than they used to. Um, I I just don't, and again, maybe I'm wrong and maybe these movies that we're seeing right now will age poorly, but I just feel like the nineties had such a very specific aesthetic and that aesthetic, even in the two thousands, I feel like kind of became 
just not as not as existent. Like when I watch this, that fucking bathroom. Oh in my the god! House <laughs> with the like fucking turquoise yes. carpet or and the purple and you're it's like. it's just it was it was crazy to look at visually i also just felt like there's there's a one piece of trivia that i thought was interesting that i could find about this film which is that the opening shot of the film showing the bar and neon sign uh isn't it's an homage to orson wells and citizen kane with the camera appearing to pass through the glass in one continuous movement sure um but i'll just say this (laughs) i just thought a lot more impressive in 1943 i mean like so much more impressive back then. People don't people don't talk about that shot as if it was some kind of virtuosic shot. It was more of a like a how did you do that? Yeah, they, literally people ran screaming from the theater thinking like a train was coming in. I, and yeah. I know. You know this this is just I know, like, I, know cool. I know. We should we should we should in our next movie, but we should have a train come directly just at camera train. and be like, come at us, bro, it's cinema. <laughs> but this to me, that opening shot. Forget about the fucking, you know, the technical whatever of it. The look of it felt so like fucking 90s noir to me with like the the neon sign and the red leather couches and the all of it. This movie is also just it's got like a massive attack needle drop uh, of Angel that just really takes me back. <laughs> and Gomez. Like and I Go- I love Gomez. that Gomez album. Like the first little hint of that song, I was like, "Oh my god, it's Gomez!" <laughs> like, <laughs> like I, 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 I love that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, that stuff is great, and it actually makes this film not feel. I don't know if you agree with this, Kenny, but like this doesn't feel like a 99 movie to me. This feels like a 96, 97 movie to me. Totally. Like it feels way earlier in the 90s than it actually. But we usually say that pejoratively, but in this case, I find it kind of charming Charming. (laughs) no totally um i I also want to say too that when the twist comes the first twist i guess if you want to call it that which is uh reese reese's uh chained to a pool table as kenny mentioned nick goes down there and nick says we're fucked and her name is kathy at the time says you're telling me and the way that she says that Again, there's like this edge and this kind of sharpness to the way she says that line that kind of is a little jarring in in what you've seen of her obviously before that. But it's it's just a it's just a fucking weird movie, man. I, I don't I don't even know that I can like you you kind of walked us through the plot, so there's no point in doing that. But like there's also just little things, little technical things that kind of drove me crazy. Like when Kenny, you mentioned when she drives him to the funeral from the veterinary clinic, the truck is so high on the flatbed that it's so fucking clear. Like they're like a good five, six feet off the ground. And you're just like, guy, like, could you just try to at least convey that this isn't, this isn't a movie. Um, But yeah, I, 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 I don't know. I mean, I don't even know how to like, I don't even know how to really even forget about rating this movie, just even trying to kind of like deconstruct what's good or what's bad about it. But yes, please, Emma. I was going to say, I have a question about um, Josh Brolin's character. So Bryce, um, Bryce they obviously yeah. make out that he like is kind of an idiot, but somehow he's like a college professor who doesn't know the great Gatsby, even though English lit is his. It's, it's crazy. And he's it's like, awesome. they, he, they give us cliff notes, <laughs> which I is love my I love that. I love that. Like, he 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 plays it laughably. 
right <laughs> truly he's it's a it's a laughable performance it's the kind of thing that should have killed his crew dead um, it re- i mean here's the thing i think more than anything he's just miscast right like right. this is not this is oh, not a josh Brolin type role that's a good question yeah, i was just who- thinking about that um who would i cast the problem is that like you're not getting big names for this obviously but there's a part of me that's just like i mean like an eric stoltz maybe too old but like i'm just aaron Eckhart. i feel like he could do it he could do it he he definitely could fall into that category there's just something here's the thing about josh brolin he never comes across as smart like, that's just not his thing, right? Like, professorial is not a word I would ever attribute to Josh Brolin. Sometimes it really works. I mean, that's, sure. that's like, that's the superpower of no country, you know? Yes, 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 for sure. But it's, but he's just not, he's just not, he doesn't, he, he also, played, here's the thing. He played George W. Bush for a reason. <laughs> you know? <laughs> he's, he just doesn't seem, here's part of the problem is he's not a mark. You don't right. look at Josh Brolin and think that guy's a mark. Honestly, you think, was, yeah, please go ahead. He, what do you think? I'm sorry. No, no, no. Think, I'm he broke the role. Like we're not <laughs> usually this bad at, at recastings, but like he did, <laughs> he did such a bad job with this True. role. I, I yeah. don't know who this character even was supposed to be on. It's a good point. That's true. It's, I'm just trying to think of like, because, like, in my mind... It's, Bryce the wor- Mc- it's the worst performance of the year, Phil. <laughs> it's that's, really how, that's how I actually feel. It's, it's the worst performance of I the think year. It's, I, th- I agree with you, Kenny. It's not just bad. He broke the role so you can't even see it as somebody else. I know. I know. Like, like, it's wild. It's just English professor. Like, if they said, like, high school gym teacher, I would have gone, sure. But then I guess he, his career wouldn't get ruined. But, like, just English professor. It just does not align with anything he does he's also just not and i don't say this i don't mean this in like a weird way but forgive me but like i don't get the impression that josh brolin has a hard time getting laid if that makes sense like the physical embodiness you know what i mean i got the guy he wasn't working who was at this point but the guy in film history is (laughs) Corey stoll that's a good call that's a good call yeah, that's, yeah, I think that's our that, guy. That feels right. Yeah. yeah. All right, I'll, I'll work on it. I'll work on it when I get the rights. <laughs> yeah, we should do a, a. Was there a Best Lee Plans two? You know what I discovered? There was a, a sequel of that I had no idea was there was a Kindergarten Cop sequel that came out uh, with Dolph Lundgren. Twenty sixteen, which is weird because yeah, I, I love that movie. I know that's why I didn't know it existed. I, and I did see the Cop and a Half two with Lou Diamond Phillips. So <laughs> in the, he'll be he'll be so happy to hear that. I told him. Did you? <laughs> yeah. I yeah. I don't. Uh, I think Corey Stahl's a really good call. I, yeah. I. The thing about Brolin in this movie is, it's very performative in a way that he's not generally. Like, yeah. like for instance, the only time that I can think of him as being like big and comedic is Hail Caesar, or at least recently. Right. Where like you're existing in a Coen Brothers sandbox and you're going big and everybody is at 11 and they're all kind of cartoony. This he's he's speaking at a register. It's like when Mark Wahlberg talks too high and you're just like, (laughs) I don't buy you with this register, dude. Like, I don't know. I don't know what we're doing right now. It it is kind of one of those Wahlbergian performances where he's miscast and you're like, wait, this this guy's the smartest scientist in the world. (laughs) 
He's going to save us from the evil plants? <laughs> this guy's... <laughs> this is the guy we're going to. It can't be. <laughs> we're screwed. <laughs> yeah. No, it's true. I, I, it does have a, a, a Mark Wahlbergian kind of vibe to it. it. There's just something very strange about the casting. Wahlberg would have been a pretty funny casting choice. <laughs> <laughs> Wahlberg as the as the uh, uh, Alessandro character, interesting. Could could Wahlberg, see Wahlberg as much as I love him. Uh, I, I don't. I can't really think of any good use for him in 2022. Really? Have you seen the trailer for uh, for Father Stew? For what? Wa- Father Stew? Have you seen this trailer? You got to watch this that? trailer. Father oh, Stew. Guys, you don't even know what you're in for when you watch this trailer. It's what? based on a true story about a guy who was a drunk and then he got in a car accident um, and then he became a priest and then he found out that he <laughs> had some sort of neurological disorder. It's like a fucking roller coaster. Mel Gibson plays his dad. It's all. Oh, just, wow. Oh, okay. Well, that's, that's, uh, it's, that's a hot house. I forgot. It I looks... forgot he was just in Uncharted. I forgot what he's still fucking. Yeah, he's still he's still famous. He's still making a bazillion dollars. I, you know what? That is a kind of good use for him as the Uncharted. Need this like now he's old man action. And that's actually a thing that can kind of work. That's interesting. Him. Yeah. You know? Does he become like, like, like a Clint? Well, I mean, I'm th- Bruce Willis. This is kind of like who I'm aging right, him up right, into. Right, right, right. But like kind of that like guy who can be like the old guy with yes. the young hotshot now. Yes, yes, yes. I, you know, I have to say, Reese, I'm curious to see sort of where she goes. I know they're doing a third season of The Morning Show, and I'm sure... <laughs> Bradley Jackson. Very... <laughs> I did realize this is her. This is her third fucking television show. Yeah, it's she's insane. A, I, I'm looking to see TV what she has in the pipeline. Because I now? feel like she's got something coming up that I was like, kind of. I mean, she has Legally Blonde three, which is right. that's coming out this year. So we have we have that to look forward to. Um, but uh, what else does she have coming up? They should just is call she... it Legally Blonde two. No one remembers. You didn't see the second one, Kenny. Red, white, and blonde. No, actually, of really? course I did. My it's one of my daughter's favorite movies. The second, my my daughter loves the first. Uh-huh. I don't think she loves the second, but she loves the. Em, are you aware that they did a a movie called Legally Blondes about no. Elle Woods's British cousin? Stop no, it. oh my god. Okay, well I need to see that. Twin, <laughs> twin blonde lawyer girls. What uh, and. Uh, my my daughter loves it. Well, has watched it so many times. Legally Blonde. Okay, well, I will check that out. So I guess later. she's in a Tinkerbell live action movie that I guess she's been announced okay. to be in. I don't she's know. She's Tinkerbell? I, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I, I can't. I, I don't know. Times have changed. Um, yeah, she's in some other TV series called Tiny Trailblazers. I don't know okay. what that is, but that's... That sounds uh, like a voice role. It's a guess. Yeah. It might be. Or a um, documentary, maybe, about, like, feminists. Your Place did... or Mine is some movie that uh, Elaine Brosh McKenna wrote and directed that she oh, is cool. in with Ashton Kutcher. Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, and then Legally Blonde 3, which is going to obviously make a, it's going to make so much money. So, I mean, I don't know. She doesn't... I'm uh, Alessandro Novola. I I found really interesting in this actually. Yes, he kind yes, of yes. gave me Sam Rockwell ish. Yes, yes, so yes. much. Yeah, yes. so much. Like, in fact, in fact, like better Sam Rockwell. That's how I feel. <laughs> he, I almost, you know, I almost never love Sam Rockwell. 
to be honest. Like, there's <laughs> something about him that I just really? don't quite. It's like a puzzle piece that doesn't me. fit with me for some reason. Okay. I like them. Is it like lot. Roger Ebert watching uh, Usual Suspects? That's, like That's probably, <laughs> yeah. That's probably- there, there, there is something he did early that made me love him. And then every time after, it kind of felt wrong to me. Uh, I'm going to look this up. I So he's one of those guys. We talked a little bit about him on our, uh, on our Man, fucking- Mansfield Park episode. But he's a guy who we talked a little bit. Did you see Many Saints of Newark? Emma? Yes. Yes. So he's yeah. in that. He plays. He plays Dickie Moltisante. Um, he, he plays the the saint. <laughs> um, he's in four movies this year. He's in some movie called Spin Me Around. He's in David O. Russell's new movie, whenever or whatever that is. And then he's in White Noise, the um, uh, oh my god, No Bombax adaptation of the Don DeLeo book. Uh, and then something called Boston Strangler, which I guess is also a movie about the Boston Strangler with that Kira Knightley, sense. Carrie Coon, Chris oh, Cooper. Wow. Cast. Whoa, and, yeah. okay. Um, but he's a guy who I feel like kind of never got his due. Right. You said Sam Rockwell, and I think that's a really good call. Like Sam Rockwell figured it out, right? Like Sam Rockwell Definitely. kind of, he's he figured it out, I guess, probably because Sam Rockwell's range is probably wider than Alessandro's, right? Like you can give Sam Rockwell a Charlie's Angels um, and he'll make that work, but he can also be in, you know, three billboards. You know what I mean? Like he can kind of, yeah. The Charlie's Angels, I think, was the movie that (laughs) I really loved him in. He's great in that. But uh, can he play soft and sensitive? Because Alessandro Nivola definitely can. Yes. I think there's, yes, I think there's a sensitivity. Like, for instance, I don't think Sam Rockwell could play, and I mentioned this role in our Mansfield Park episode, but you've seen Laurel Canyon, Emma, I'm assuming. The, I haven't, no. Oh, I think you'd really like it. It's really, really good. Christian Bale, Kate Beckinsale, Alessandro, Francis McDormand. I don't think Sam Rockwell could play what Alessandro does in that film, which is a super charismatic lead singer of a, of an indie rock band. And like, there's just no way that he could play that. So I do think that there's layers to Alessandro that, that, that uh, Sam doesn't have. That's not to say I don't like Sam. If he can, he hasn't, Correct. you know, like if he can, I have literally no idea if he's capable of it. Yeah. I mean, Sam Rockwell also played George W. Bush, right? In Vice. That's right. I I thought he was a good George W. Bush. (laughs) better one actually <laughs> he was maybe he was one of the bright spots of a pretty terrible movie i don't like vice very much yes but. no i don't either um, and alessandro no. is married to emily mortimer uh which yes? is also power couple yeah they've been together for like tw- 20 20 something years yeah. that's, that's a good couple you know who's yeah. a couple that i didn't know was a couple was um oh my god rebecca hall and the guy from uh, morgan specter yeah i didn't know until like recently as well and like yeah. Yeah, I was like, how look- did I not know that? They're they're a great couple. Random yeah, couples are great. They- Random Hollywood yeah. couples. Who doesn't love them? Yeah. yeah, I I mean, so I want to just talk very quickly about the end of this film, just for a quick second. And I don't mean um, the tuition scheme as <laughs> as brilliant a twist as that was. Here's what I found a little bit strange: is the trying to shoehorn the romantic ending on it. <laughs> I I just I kind of didn't need that. Did you need that, Kenny? Did you or Emma? Did you guys feel as though it was was that it was earned? I mean, the romantic part. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead, Emma. I was just gonna. It just everything that's happened before that. You're kind of yeah. like, well, obviously 
none of it was in his control in terms of like the scam but at the same sure. time like there is she this did. rape plot and it's, I was just gonna it's say. really fucked up like it's just and then the fact that he's like oh you've got a hickey kind of thing and he's like there's like a weird jealousy bit like oh did she enjoy it like yeah. moment of like why yeah so that yeah. was that yeah. little straw dogs element of it that was like right all right well and again this is not uninteresting stuff in and of itself but it is not the kind of thing that demands a happy ending no no of course so i had two answers to this question one in no way did this movie earn the happy ending good however i believe alessandro Navola and reese witherspoon mm-hmm. through their performance and their chemistry yeah. which again i think was white hot almost demanded either a happy ending or a beautifully tragic ending, but some kind of like, some kind of emphatic closure. And this is the worst version. Again, this is a movie that 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 kind of punted when it was time to like go for the touchdown. But, um, but, you know, would it have been great otherwise? Like, it's so weird. Like, they're really... I mean, am I crazy? Was there an act three rewrite that would have put this there movie into been. like, yeah. in, no, but I mean like uh, a, a fictional act three rewrite that would have put this movie into another hemisphere? Like that this would have been a a potentially great movie? Well, there's, first of all, yes. I think there's a great version of it. There is potentially a good version of this movie, but I'll just say this. My issue with the very last scene of this movie is that they don't seem particularly committed to it. In their brains, and I would even I would even say the directors and actors are probably thinking, these two are gonna like we're gonna we gotta sell this. And then there's also sort of this like, yeah, but maybe to Kenny's point, these two kind of do so there's kind of a neither here nor there kind of way that this movie ends, where they're sort of just walking together down this fucking empty desert road, and you're kind of left to to your own devices as to what you want to take from that. Um, there are two questions I have for you guys, uh, two th- quick things that, that we have not touched upon. The first is the recycling plant, uh, the, 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 the place that we're recording this episode from. Uh, I don't really know what purpose the recycling plant serves other than them being in the commercial yeah. and the possibility of getting found out by the commercial airing coincidentally while Josh Brolin watches television. <laughs> At least they don't use it. Because it would have been a lot, like, but yes. And then the second, it's actually like, it's, sorry, it's such bad filmmaking. If you really think about it, it's such bad filmmaking because like that works, that notion works. Yeah. Only if it's teased out for a long time. If you have this idea of like, oh my God, they were in this commercial together. He's going to see the commercial. Right. Right. But it's not teased out. You fucking forget about it the whole time. And then he just stands in front of the TV. So you don't get either one. You could have done, you could have had it teased out for a long time and then have Sam and Sam Rockwell have uh, Nick solve it right before it happens. And that would have been a fine misdirect. Or you could have had him fucking sitting back three quarters drunk watching, you know, Preacher Midnight. That commercial comes on and oh my God, now I'm activated, which happens in movies all the time. 
Right. Yeah. They, but they, none they, of that they, happens. It, it all because it's bad work. <laughs> and can I? The other thing yeah, that please. they focused on was the um the keypad, the the code, oh, yeah, and yeah. and I was like, this is gonna come into it. And like he sets off the alarm by like accident but nothing happens it's like like don't keep showing this keypad if it's not gonna factor in i i totally agree there it this is also a movie that feels like it's trying to be clever like it's too clever for its own good at at, at numerous opportunities the other question. question i had was this bizarre pseudo waterboarding with <laughs> soda that i liked but it's like sounds I mean, it's fine but it's not scary he's like when he's uh, like you better fucking do it man we're gonna yeah. get the fucking soda up your nose and i'm like seemed horrible i gotta tell you it seemed horrible <laughs> if you ever had even a little carbonated beverage up your not nose saying it wouldn't be uncomfortable but i'm not i don't know that i would go rob someone in order Bro, to make sure it didn't people, happen to me there are people who literally won't get covid tested because you have to put something up their nose like <laughs> noses are sensitive spots and carbonation up the nose is fucking awful it was a scary move and it is the kind of thing only only like like a fake gangster college student would ever well, think that's true <laughs> that's true <laughs> Um, Mike, I just want to mention my favorite yeah, visual, please, please, um, please, please, yeah. which is when he goes to the thrift store, which is actually a pawn shop, and uh-huh. there's like a, a wall of like heads with like wigs on, and I'm like, what is this thrift store that also buys like really expensive notes? Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, I really just expensive and, notes. and just wigs. That's all it seems to say. Yeah, with, <laughs> and and the guy is uh is is Mike Haggerty from uh from yes. Inspector Gadget. Yes. Yes, and, and oh, a thousand other movies. Yeah, he's that guy's in... voices. I knew it was him just when I heard his voice before they even showed his face. He's in somebody somewhere. Um, the Bridget yes, Everett the new show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so... yeah the man, the, the man's had a career. He was in yeah, Overboard. Yeah. Like he's been, he's, he's been, been working for like, oh, yeah, working like forty years. Yeah, he never the guy's done working. two days on every movie shot in Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> he just, he just. There, there's, it's, there's only one Mike Haggard. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's just great. Yeah. It's, uh, I mean, yeah. Please go ahead. Oh, no, I was also say about the town as well. I was. Yes. Is it meant to be California? Uh, I'm not being from. I don't oh, know Tropico. It's, it, yeah, Tropico. Like, it's fake, right? Because they have yeah. a fake, uh, uh, you know, driver. The, the fake car licenses. Yeah. Yes. That yes, say yes, Tropico right. on it. Yeah. Uh, it felt like like Florida noir to me. Oh, interesting. Uh, and I think Tropico kind of speaks to that. But it felt a yeah. little Nevada to me. But I, I think the same. I think we're feeling the same thing. It both had that oh. kind of yeah. Tropico. It was just Tropico. hard to place. It did feel like a fake place. Like it had that stylized element to it. No, for sure. It definitely had almost. Have you guys seen U Turn? You both. I feel yes. Like, no. Yes. Kenny has. Uh, it's an Oliver Stone movie. Sean Penn, Jennifer Lopez came out in '97. I also think you would like it. It had a little bit of that sort of uh, dead end town that you can't get out of sort of vibe, um, which I appreciated. Uh, I think that I was true for the actors who were actually, or the people who were actually shooting U Turn. For real, I think I think that like, I'm not kidding. Like I think it was this weird thing where they were stuck in this town like forever and ever, and well, became yeah. like part of the fabric of this town. And then when they had to leave, they weren't like kind of allowed to leave. I feel like uh, I feel like shooting a film with Sean Penn would have that vibe, no matter what. True, sure. <laughs> but uh, I think yeah. I it's, it's I'm happy you guys brought up the fact that it's it's set in a fake place because n- there's absolutely no reason why this movie had to be set in a fake place. Right. <laughs> <laughs> there's no reason. 
place. Why can't it just take place in a fucking town in Florida? Set, I know setting this movie in a fake, like I understand setting movies in, in fake towns in real yeah. states. Why not? That's nothing. But literally like making up a 51st state is so deranged to me for, a, for, for like, if that's the kind of thing that would happen in that movie that we love so much that we hate so much with uh, Anne Hathaway and uh, Matthew McConaughey. The one oh god uh oh my god um passengers? no 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 it's called um oh. serenity yeah thank you that's serenity a, yeah. that's like that's a serenity move you that's, know yeah because it's like a video game which <laughs> makes sense, sense. And you're like yeah you're like well, well, oh try yeah. oh that's the name of the video game down yeah. in tropico yeah. maybe it's the, yeah. maybe did, oh did god you ever consider that best oh to be a video game i just <sighs> You saw it's, the wheels turning? <laughs> <laughs> like, wait a second. Is it happening? Is Kenny had to walk away? <laughs> no, I had yeah, I, 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 I will say this. Despite the fact that we've torn this movie to shreds and my, my score is, is not where it was when I came into this podcast. Mine wasn't great coming in, though, Kenny. It wasn't as high as yours, I imagine. No. So I forgot, guys. I dressed for the occasion. Look. Oh, is that Tropico? That's Tropico. (laughs) Tropico shorts. (laughs) For those who can't see, Kenny is wearing a sweatshirt with uh, tropical uh, palm trees and pants. Shorts, that is. Shorts. I always. I I live in California. I like to dress. Fantastic. Kenny's from Tropico. Uh, That's that's where he's from from originally. (laughs) It's even the name is so stupid. It sounds so made up. God, this fucking movie's fantastic. Um, okay, yeah. you want to rate this, Kenny? This actually is, and and mm-hmm. this is the only so good it's bad, so bad it's good movie we've done. I so I mean, in a while, we've done some movies that were that were bad that that we but ultimately enjoyed. I really like this one. Really, is like there's just something about this movie that that lives on that line that like yeah. I wasn't insulted at all. Yeah. I was like, I wasn't offended by what it was trying to do. I like, I just took, I just took it where it lived and really, really loved the process of watching it. But like, it went from me thinking like, this is a, like kind of an underseen gem to like, no, this is a silly movie that you like watch and then make fun of, make fun of with your friends. Yeah. Um, I, it's a, it's a huge drop, a huge drop, but like no I, offense to all the people involved. I say this with love. It was a 79 before. It's a 59 now. Oh, my God. You came in at a 79, yeah, Kenny? Yeah, I wow. did. Wow. Okay. So 79 I, coming in. It's a 59 now. So, so I, sorry. I, sorry, Mike and Ted. But uh, I, I, I still Reese, do love you. And and Reese, I still do love your movie. And uh, you, may, you may find yourself getting some love at our next 52 in review. Oh my god! You definitely. I feel like you might give this some love in the fifty-two in review. I'm gonna. I have to start doing my my because uh, we're gonna do another fifty-two in review for this year, and then we'll do a final one. So I have right. to start making my 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 running log. Your list. I came into this. I came in at a sixty. Okay, like, like I didn't come in at at seventy-nine. <laughs> like, someone, so. like someone with a working brain. Like, I I came in at a sixty. I'm I'm down to a fifty you. now. So okay. again. Not below 50. This movie is enjoyable on a nostalgia level. This movie is enjoyable on most of the actors are competent or at least mm-hmm. well cast. Some mm-hmm. of them are even great. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I mean, it's, 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 it's fun in a 90s, trashy, straight to video way. So I'm at a 50. Emma, zero to 99. Where does this film, when did, wh- what did you come into this podcast and where are you now? 
Well, I feel like because I've, I've already raised it on Letterboxd, um, oh, which was okay. I'm just working. No, I'm just thinking about like in scales of that. Yeah. So, so I I was at a two two and a half, so I guess fifty. Um, yeah. But maybe this conversation has made me push it up to a, a fifty nine. <laughs> all right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think. <laughs> I think that that's fair. I think that's, I don't think this movie should have any number uh, above a five in front of it. I totally agree. I like, <laughs> if, you, if you start to put it, like, this is, this is a perfect 50s movie. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. it, just, it's, it just, like, it just lives and breathes it. And when I made that declaration in the last podcast, Bill, yep. that 50 to 50, 50 to 60 is where the noble failures live. I was not thinking of this. I thought this I was a 79. I know. I know. Like, this was a noble success. <laughs> I know. If, if I, if, if like, I really evaluate it, this is like 59. Cause I remember I gave the, the movie that this kind of reminds me of that we've mm-hmm. done mm-hmm. is stir of echoes. Yes. Which I, which was in the fifties for me, which mm-hmm. I, I did not like nearly as much as this movie. Yes. But Stir of Echo is a bit of a noble failure. So I think that this is a better movie than that. And they're kind of like, you know, they're kind of like twin, fraternal twin brothers. Sure. So Emma, I'm curious, we're covering a film next week, a movie that I don't know if you've seen. Um, it's called Eye of the Beholder. Do you know this film? No, I do not. So this film oh. uh, is uh, Ewan McGregor, Ashley Judd, Katie Lang, Jason Priestley. <laughs> <laughs> it's directed by Stephen Elliott. Who did adventures? Amazing. We were right doing this year. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> I have the beholder was directed by uh, Stephen Elliott. He did Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. Okay, that's pretty much the only film he's done that I think anyone's heard of. It's a great film, though. Um, this movie. Um, I guess my question to you is: I know you haven't seen the film. What are your thoughts on Ewan McGregor? I guess would be the. Question. I mean. <laughs> where do we begin um no yeah I, I big fan saw him in a play when mm. I was like 16 that was mm-hmm. like 98 um mm-hmm. it was in this teeny tiny theater um because my, my sister had a she's older she had a big crush on him train spotting which sounds weird to say train spotting crush you know sure, sure. um yeah, it's pretty gross in that movie but sure but yeah like I mean yeah he's I, I, I've lost my words, apparently. I just suddenly no, started no, no. thinking about his hair. Um, no, he's excellent. He makes bold choices. Um, like to get his penis out a lot, I guess. In, <laughs> he does in- like <laughs> to show his penis a fair amount. Like, back I in do the think, day. Yeah. He's definitely grown into something a lot more interesting than I would yes. say initially. You know, we, we've, yes, we've... I agree with you. You know what I mean? So, like, yes. we've talked much about... Like he, uh, much like his American counterpart, Ethan Hawke. Yes. Yeah. Yes, I would agree. And with actually, that. his American accent has got a lot better. Like it, it used has. to be quite ropey, um, but like Beginners is one of my favorite so movies of all time. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah, I think he. I he. Yeah, he can do action, but I, I always prefer him in like drama. He's just basically. he's one of those guys that because I mean Train Spotting is I think when everyone kind of took notice of him for yeah. for lack of a better way of putting it, and. I mean, Shallow, he's great in Shallow Grave as well. Um, but Star Wars, obviously, we talked about that. Kenny and I have talked about that. Eye of the Beholder uh, is probably the only other 99 film we're going to talk about. He's in some He's in some movie called Rogue Trader, which I don't think got a theatrical Oh, release. I have heard of that movie. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen it. But, but then he uh, does, obviously, he does Moulin Rouge and Black Hawk Down both in 2001. Yeah. And, and he does get kind of stuck in this weird place where I don't think that Hollywood totally knows what to do with them for a while. You're down with loves, your big fishes, the Island, like stuff that they're just like, not really sure what to do with them. 
And then I really do think that like beginners puts him on the, the track to kind of doing these more emo, you know, grounded, um, pretty lovely things. And then like, he's fucking great in birds of prey. Like he's, he's kind so of like really doing some fun shit. And of course he's going to be great as a, uh, as Jiminy cricket in Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. So, you know, <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, he's great. And this movie is apparently an absolute disaster and I can't wait to talk about it with Always the guys from blank. I said blank check uh, from uh, screen drafts. We have clay and Ryan marker together. We got them both. We got them both. We cornered them both in a we room have, to talk we, about. We have clay. Who knows if Ryan's going to show. <laughs> I mean, I guess that's always a question, but, uh, <laughs> but I have the beholder next week. Very exciting. Emma, thank you so, so much for coming on. Thank and you for having me. Yes, thank you, Emma. Plans with us. Thank you. Um, Emma, I know that you and I and Tori are going to talk magazines at another point sometime this year. Yes. Um, but uh, love talking magazines, love talking costumes and print and all that sort of stuff with you. Always. <laughs> yeah, it's my favorite thing. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so, so much. This was a blast. No, thank you very much. Bye. See you later. Bye. Bye. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.